I'm sure if they knew Herb, the Consumer Man Weissbaum, they probably could have solved it even more quickly. Consumerman.com is the website. And Herb, welcome to WGN Radio. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, very glad to talk to you because I think this pandemic has brought out issues that people had been really not experiencing firsthand. And also, it's such fertile ground for scammers out there. And so I thought that we could go over some of the latest. I know you deal with dealing with debt collectors. But interestingly, a while ago, I heard from a friend who got one of those infamous letters, probably from a lawyer on Long Island who bought the debt, you know, four times over. And it said, well, if you don't reply within 30 days. And my buddy said, well, I don't need to reply. I don't have any debt. I said, oh, you better reply or this might become debt. Now tell me about that. Well, the big problem I wrote about for Checkbook.org was the fact that when you the phone rings, in most cases they do do some letters, and in most cases it's a call out of the blue, and they tell you you owe a debt. You have no idea who you're talking with. Are you talking to a real debt collector? Do you really even owe the debt, or are you talking to a scammer? Because this is a fertile ground for scams right now, where the bad guys just call up, claim that you owe a debt, and then use all kind of abusive tactics. They curse at you, they scream at you, they tell you you're going to be arrested or deported or something like that to try to get you to pay up on the spot when you don't even know if you owe the debt or not. So the key is you've got to slow down whether you get a letter like that or uh, a phone call or whatever and find out, A, if you're dealing with a legitimate company, which you may or may not be, B, do you really owe the debt? And if somebody contacts you by law, you can say to them, send me validation. I want a validation notice to prove that I owe you the debt. I'll take a look at it and I'll get back to you. That's the way how to handle these things because if you talk to somebody and it's the wrong person and give them personal information, um, you could be in, in deep, deep shape. And talking about the scams, uh, for the story, I, I, I got a figure from the Federal Trade Commission. In 2019, they received more than 136,000 debt collection complaints. And again, not every debt collector is bad. Debt collectors have a role to do in our society, legitimate ones, and they have to follow the rules, and they're very highly regulated. But of course, the scammers don't follow those rules, and the top complaints are being asked to pay a debt I didn't owe or don't recognize. I don't owe as much as the debt collector claims. Being harassed with too many calls unsubstantiated threats when a collector has no further intention of suing me and falsely claiming that I'll be arrested if, they, if I don't pay. It's not a crime to owe a debt in this country. You can't be arrested. No, no law enforcement is coming to arrest you if you don't pay the debt on the spot. So those are some of the warning signs of a, of a bogus debt collector, a bad guy calling you up and trying to steal your money. Yeah, I'd be very suspect with anybody who, who called, but that advice is the, the best in the world, asking for validation. Uh, I think the worst thing you can do, particularly if it's a letter, is just ignore it outright because that has implications as well i think you want to respond and and say that same thing send me validation yeah you don't want to ignore anytime you get contacted by a quote-unquote debt collector you don't want to ignore it because it really could be legitimate and you know, it could there could be consequences they could sue you you could wind up getting sued and and you don't want to deal with that um and and again if it's going to collections probably already hurt your credit score so find out if it's legitimate find out about the company you can research them online get them to send you information about what you really owe and again you have to find out if even if you do owe the debt if it's past the statute of limitations there's a statute of limitations 
exemptions for uh, debt in every state in the union. They're all different. We're going from about six years to 16 years, I think, or something like that. And uh, I have a link in the story, which is on checkbook.org or my website, consumerman.com, with this story. It actually lets you click on a look at every state where you are, because I know a lot of people listen to GN in different states, and it can tell you what the statute of limitations is in your state. And if you deal with these people, uh, the, the, by the way, I just found my story, it's three years to 15 years is the statute of limitations. And if you start to deal with these people, like say, okay, I'll pay a little bit of money, and you've already passed the statute of limitations, the clock resets and you start all over again. Oh my so you've got to be really, really careful what you do with these folks. And before you do anything, you've got to stop and think and figure it out and maybe even get a little bit of legal advice. Absolutely. And as I was saying, there is just apart from scammers, which very often it's fairly easy on the surface when they, when they want you to pay your debt with, say, a gift card, you know you're dealing with a scammer. But there are a lot of people, lawyers and such, who are buying debt that maybe it's, it's at this point real hard money because it's been uncollected for a few years. Uh, they're willing to do anything to get you to pay. And as I say, if you ignore that entirely, it's my understanding that that debt might become valid because you didn't contest it. Uh, I'm not aware of that, but I certainly know that if you don't do anything, you can wind up being sued. And in many cases, people don't get notice about the lawsuits, and they they lose by default, and they start garnishing your wages. So your point is very well taken. If you get something, don't assume it's a scam. You've got to figure out whether it is and what's going on, and then deal with it in the appropriate fashion. Now, that, that getting sued is very interesting. As you say, you don't always know about it. I've seen some cases where uh, the uh, service was absolutely bogus. Uh, when you go to check it out, you find out that no one was ever served on this. But in the meantime, the effect is your wages can be garnished or uh, bank accounts, or depending on the, on the circumstance, it can be, uh, it can be serious, serious stuff. And I would assume that right now this is ramping up to an unprecedented amount of people, both legitimate and scammers, who are out there to quote-unquote collect debts. Uh, there's a lot of debt out there, and a lot of people owe money, and uh, the good guys and the bad guys are out both trying to collect. So yes, you have to be very, very careful. In terms of red flags, where, and I agree wholeheartedly, red flag or not, if they've called you on the phone, don't give them any information. If they don't have your information, they're not legit. Ask them to send you the uh, validation and don't offer anything, including your address. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, in terms of all of that, well, you're going to have to give them. You're going to have to give me your address to say send me a letter. So you're going to have to tell them your mailing address. So, but that's you know you, anybody can find that. So yeah, you're going to if you say send me send me a validation letter, you're going to have to tell them where to send it. So yes, you're going to have okay. to give them their, your address, but no other information but that. All right. I was assuming that if they called you with a debt, that they had your address theoretically. But no, that's fine. A mailing address. There's nothing nothing to lose with that i would agree but what are the real red flags other than send it on a gift card uh my my favorite is uh of late is i'm calling from social security and you're going to be arrested and uh i i look at that and those are calls that i wouldn't obviously return but are there other obvious red flags right now going on well, the red flags for debt collectors and a lot of these scams are high-pressure routine. You've got to do it immediately. They always want payment in a way that is untraceable and irrevocable. So that would be a gift card. Go to the store and buy a gift card. 
with a prepaid debit card. So again, the money can be unloaded rapidly or by a wire transaction. So those are the three ways that scammers want to be paid. And you have to stop and think, if I do owe the IRS money, let's just say you, you do owe the IRS money. And by the way, the IRS never calls you out of the blue <laughs> and says, by the way, you owe money and, and pay up right away on the spot or you'll be arrested because that doesn't work that way. Does, does, since when does the IRS take, um, take uh, gift cards for Nordstrom? When does, it, when does it take gift cards for you know, one of the, the, the cosmetic companies? Okay. They don't take gift cards. <laughs> that You pay by cash, check, or debit card, um, you know, or, or, or automatic transaction. I mean, and these bad guys are so forceful, and I've talked to people, they will literally, once they got you, they will stay with you on the phone and your cell phone in your ear right. while you are driving to the store to buy the gift card so you can read them the number of, of the gift card. And if you, they hear you start, if the salesperson says, are you sure you really want to buy $500 worth of gift cards? You may be involved with a scam or something. They'll say in the, in the ear, don't, don't listen to them. This is not a scam. You don't want that law enforcement officer breaking down your house tonight oh. and, and arresting you. I mean, these guys... There's no boundaries. There's no rules. They're absolutely incredible. All they want to do is steal your money. So that is the absolute red flag. Immediate pressure and pay in one of those three ways. Wire transfer, prepaid gift card, or pre a gift card or prepaid debit card. Those are the three ways scammers want to get paid these days. Obviously, if they continue to do this, on some level it's working, and you say to yourself, who on earth would believe that? But apparently, more people than one might realize. So, our phone number is 888-876-5593, 888-R-O-L-L-Y-E. Having an issue? Doesn't have to be with a debt collector, but if so, we want to hear about it, as well as whatever's going on, because Herb Weisbaum, Consumer Man, has answers. I'm Raleigh James, it's WGN Radio. We're talking with Herb, the Consumer Man, Weisbaum, who is the guy to do it, ConsumerMan.com, one of the sites. And I was saying, I can't believe anybody would fall for, uh, we're the IRS, we want a gift card. But that said, when somebody calls and says they're a COVID-19 contact tracer, now we're in a world that most people have no knowledge of. So what do you watch out for there? Well, this is very important, the COVID uh, contact tracing, because that's how um, they're going to try to, you know, stamp out the uh, the pandemic and do something like that. And the fraudsters know. The fraudsters read the newspaper, keep up on the headlines. They know what's going on in the world. And so uh, they're, uh, they they bend their scams to fit. A lot of scams now have COVID twists to them. Uh, the grandkid scam where the, the uh, con artist pretends to be uh, a cop who's arrested your grandkid and wants money right away. Now it's, Grandma, get me out of the, get me, uh, the money I need to get out of jail because there's somebody with COVID next to me, I, I'm going to die. I'm going to get sick. Send me the money. So they've they've they put a COVID twist to all the scams right now. But this one is actually using something that's legitimately going on: the contact tracing for COVID. If you've been near somebody who had it and they know about it, they can call and tell you. And uh, the Federal Trade Commission tells me they've already gotten complaints uh, about this. Uh, that uh, there's text messages are going around, um, and uh, they're basically saying something like, "Here's an exact." Uh, verbatim of what one of the text messages said. Uh, someone who came in contact with you tested positive or has shown symptoms for COVID-19 and recommends you self-isolate, get tested more, then click the link. And of course, if you click the link, you'll wind up get, having something bad happen. You'll put malicious software on your device. You'll wind up going to a site that's going to try to collect personal information from you. In some cases, they're going to try to get money out of you. They'll tell you you need to sign up uh, and, and register for a, a test. And the way to reserve your spot is to give your credit card number or there's a charge for the test or something like that. Um, so be aware of that. You may get a call out of the blue from a real contact tracer.
cancer, and they're trying to do good, but they're only going to ask you some very, very specific personal information, your name and address, your date of birth, your occupation and work status, and contact information, and how you want to be contacted uh, if, if they need to reach you. They're not going to ask you for money or payment of any kind, a bank account or credit card number, social security number, your immigration status, uh, or to click a link in a text or an email. They're only going to ask you those basic questions so they can track you down and help you avoid getting COVID. But uh, that's something to really, really watch out for. Absolutely. And to answer your previous question, uh, how people fall for this, hang huge amounts of people... F- Herb, okay. ha- hang on a minute, because I'm going to have you answer that and a lot more. We are talking with Herb, the consumer man, Weisbaum. And you are welcome to join in in the discussion. 888-876-5593-8888. Raleigh, Herb has the answer. She's an Emmy Award-winning reporter and one of America's top consumer experts on a national level. He covers the consumer beat for checkbook.org. Check that out, as well as check out consumerman.com. And we were just talking about the COVID-19 scams, because this is so relatively unknown to all of us. It's a scammer's dream. So sorry to interrupt you, Herb. And so what else? should we watch out for? Sorry, I forgot there was news at the top of the hour. Well, what I was to- what I was trying to do was answer your question. You said, how can people fall for these things? And they still do. The IRS scam, the tech scam, the- all these things. And-, and what happens is, and this has been studied by AARP, they call you out of the blue when you're not expecting it. They do a high-pressure sales routine. They scare you. They, they make you, when we have fear in our minds and our hearts, we do things that we ordinarily wouldn't do. Many of these, we assume they're elderly, but they're not all elderly. The elderly tend to be victims more often, but young people lose more money when they're victimized, so they're not immune to this. Um, they, they just make you do things. They know what buttons to push. This is their job. They do it eight hours a day, five days a week, and they know exactly what to do. And if they don't get you, they learn something from the transaction, and they use it against the next person to be better at the pitches that they're making. So these guys are they're unbelievable, and the key is you've got to try as hard as you can to stop. Try not to engage. Try not to talk to them. Try to just realize, you know, the IRS is not calling me, threatening to have me arrested. The debt collector is not calling a legitimate debt collector, threatening to have the uh, uh, um, you know immigration service come and take me away. You know, did my grandkid really go up to Canada and have a car wreck? Well, maybe I should call my family and find out if he's really there. Um, you know, anybody's trying to get you to, to do anything really, really quickly to buy gift cards, to wire money, to give a social security number. Slow down. Stop hang up the phone and talk to somebody. I've never in my life ever in the many years I've been on this planet Earth had a situation where if it didn't happen right now, you were going to be out something. There's always a next time. There's always something you can follow up, but they want you to believe that it has to happen now or there will be dire consequences. Talk to your family. Talk to a loved one. Talk to AARP. Call the Better Business Bureau. Call your state attorney general's office. There are millions of people you could talk to to say, is this really legit? And many, many times you'll find out, no, it's not. And it's better to find out on the front side than it is on the back side. I've talked to victims, Rob, that have lost, I mean, easily $100,000 to these scammers. Uh, I mean, that's how, you know, they've cleaned out their entire life savings because they've sold them a bill of goods. And the way they get you to pay, you're never going to get it back again. You can file a complaint. You know, you can file it to the authorities. They try to help go after these people. But basically, you're never going to see your money again. So you've got to slow down and stop on the front end. 
Well, when I hear about things like the IRS calling you, I have to laugh because anybody who's ever tried to call the IRS knows they're probably on hold for three hours. And <laughs> the IRS will never do anything without sending you not one, but a minimum of three letters before anything even happens. And it would, Correct. you know, that, and that's, that's 100%. Like, like you said, you can take that one to the bank, and yet people will, will fall for this. Now, my theory is always, if my only contact with you is you've called me on the phone, I don't buy it. I, yep. think, I think no matter what it is, if this is serious, I've gotten something in the mail. Uh, some things may come out of the blue, but clearly you have no idea who you're dealing with. And a key point to make is you can't trust caller ID oh, because no. they can spoof the caller ID and make it look like it's the IRS or your bank or the local sheriff's department. People trust caller ID. You really can't trust caller ID. The only thing it's good for is to tell you if your sister-in-law is calling. Other than that, uh, you, you cannot trust that caller ID is telling you who's really on the other end of the line. But again, that's all part. And now I get calls all the time from my area code. So to get people to answer the phone, they send calls from your area code because they, they spoof it. They're, they may be in Nigeria, but if you see something in your area code, you go, oh, maybe it's the doctor or the vet or the dry cleaner or the whatever, I better pick mm-hmm. up the phone. Right. And then, of course, they got you because of that curiosity factor. Right, that's so true. And beyond the area code, they're now down to the exchanges. And what I find funny about mm-hmm. that is a lot of them... I meant to say that. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Yes, the area code and the exchange. I'm sorry, that yeah. the first six numbers. Yep. Right, and uh, a lot of times they're using VoIP technology, and so the numbers that are accessible to them are the same ones that the cell carriers have or the MVNOs have. And so we always laugh when we see something like that and say, oh, yes, it's a government agency calling me on their T-Mobile phone. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so there, if, you're, if you're savvy, you, you kind of get an idea of it. As I say, in general, with very limited exception, anything that's serious, you're, you're going to get an official notification before you get this, uh, this phone call, and nothing will happen to you if, if you hang up and don't comply. Uh, the inter- exactly. The interesting thing, of course, the emails have gotten very savvy, and they're, they're wonderful cut and pasters, so it really does look like it's coming from Citibank or Chase or whatever. And the first thing I take a look at is what's the reply address? And I don't care if it has Citibank or Chase in it. What is that full address? Because invariably the scammers are not spoofing the the correct Citibank address. Right. And, and do we find it for one more example? Oh, absolutely. We, we got all the okay. we'll, we'll do all right. it. I had a commercial break coming up, but I didn't want to get in the way. So I just wrote a story because it so concerned me for Checkbook that um, breaking all these rules, you know, we for years have told people you're never going to get an email or text message out of the blue from the IRS or any <laughs> government agency. As you said, they send you a snail mail to start things off. Well, the um, folks at the Census Bureau decided that they're trying to get people to fill out the census <laughs> forms. They're behind. Millions of Americans haven't filled them out. So what what they're doing is they started a campaign a couple of weeks ago, and they're sending text messages to 20 million people across the country in uh, low-response areas. And I have a copy of the text right in front of me, uh, the uh, email right in front of me, and it says, don't miss your once-a-decade chance, not too late to respond. We need you to fill out your census form because it's really important for ke- your community, which it is. And then it says, click this link, respond today. Mm-hmm. That violates every cyber rule we've told people all these mm-hmm. years, and 
I contacted the agency, and they basically said, well, we, we've alerted people and let them know we're doing this, no. so we think it's safe. No. Every cyber expert I've talked to said it's the dumbest thing they ever heard. Yeah, it, uh, it's the government in their finest, and uh, I'm glad you brought that up, because if you get anything like this, the official website is 2020census.gov. That's exactly yep. what they should have written in that email. It isn't hard to remember. Well, they wrote that. They wrote yeah. that, but the problem is that all these emails can be spoofed, and yeah. even smart people miss if it's a spoofed well, email. You just should... They shouldn't have been doing this. Is what they should, you know. That's what they sh- they shouldn't have been doing it. It's just right. a, it's just bad bad practice. Well, I think if they had said go to twenty twenty census dot gov without o- without offering a link, correct, they would that would have been fine. Yeah, exactly. And oh yeah, they're 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 going nuts with a low response rate. But yeah, I uh, I heard about that, and it is uh, it is it is frightening. And yes, the census is another one. I'm glad you brought it up because the census will not ask for your social security number. And, Correct. And uh, any other identifying information, you can go to 2020census.gov and see exactly what they will ask you. Oh, good. We are ta- we are talking yeah. with Herb, the Consumer Man, Weissbaum, consumerman.com, and uh, the other one is checkbook.org, among many others, because you'll see Herb all over the place. But right now, we got him on WGN Radio, and if you would like to join us, 888-876-5593, it's 8888-RALEIGH. I am Raleigh James. It is WGN Radio. So we're talking with Herb Weisbaum, and Herb is, well, he's the consummate consumer man is what he is, and consumerman.com will give you all sorts of information, not only about all sorts of scams, there's a lot of things that aren't necessarily scams in the, in the true sense of the word, uh, some that aren't at all, and others that come damn close. And the thing that I'm going with there, Herb, as I was just crushed to read on consumerman.com, that it looks like these payday loan places are getting even more of a break from the feds when this is the definition of highway robbery. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know a consumer advocate in America who has anything positive to say about payday lenders. Um, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Uh, people, you know, think it's going to solve their problem. Um, they were set up uh, supposedly originally to let you get from one paycheck to another when an emergency came up. But uh, unfortunately, what's happening is that uh, you know there, it doesn't happen. People roll over the debt and roll over the debt, and it keeps building and building, and they get into this cycle of debt, and it just uh, you know gets deeper and deeper, uh, and and people never get out of it. It's just a very, very troubling um, situation. And, uh, the, you know, the federal government under the current administration is uh, doing things that they're just uh, allowing the, um, the, the these uh, companies to do more that the consumer world thinks is actually hurting people and, and shouldn't be allowed. You know, they were required under the original uh, rules uh, proposed out of the Obama administration to determine that a borrower would have to repay the interest and the loan in full within two weeks if they borrowed it. So the logic being, I know it's really out there, but you're going to take out the loan, you're going to be able to pay it back. That's a uh, really bizarre concept, but that's uh, and of course the current administration said, well, we don't have to do that. There's no reason to assume that somebody has to pay back the loan in order to give them a loan, as you do with every other loan that you apply for. Um, and that's just going to set people up for a, a cycle of debt, especially in the economy where it is and with the COVID economy. And it's it's going to be troubling because a lot of people are really, really, really going to be very deep in debt because of, of this sort of thing. And I, it's, it's a shame that they're uh, happening, that this is going to happen. Well, and there's another thing, too. Of course, people hear about these low interest rates. You know, we're talking about savings or interest almost going to uh, the negative uh, territory. We think of uh, bank loans as being 2% or what have you. Yeah, good luck on that. But uh, payday loans, I would assume that they're 10 times that. 
Yeah, payday loans are typically the most expensive consumer loans out there uh, with an annual interest rate between 400 and uh, 600% in some states. That's according to a survey that was done by the Center for Responsible Lending. So these are huge, huge interest rate uh, situations. And again, you get in there. If you couldn't pay it off this week and you can't pay it off next week and you're out of work, you know, if something happened and, and you need the money, but how do you think you're going to pay it off next week if you couldn't pay it off this week, for instance, if you're, if you're unemployed or whatever? But they, they give you the money and then they just keep socking you with the fees and, uh, and, and over and over again. And then just, you just keep getting your buried deeper and deeper and until people just don't know what to do it's it's a very very troubling situation they say they're doing a public service they say that they, you know they needed this rule change in order to, to keep the economy running and to provide credit for people um, I just uh, I just have a problem with you know the CFPB the exact same agency that is changing the rule found that majority of payday loan borrowers can't pay off the loan when it comes due, so they renew or reborrow at least ten times, and they wind up paying more in fees than for the credit they received in the first place. I just think that's clearly the definition of a debt trap. That the federal government should be helping ensure that people aren't taken advantage of, and that happens. I'm glad this is in television because the look on my face is pure shock because when you said 400 to 600%, I'm thinking that's higher than the VIG. Now, vigorish in most states is highly illegal, and uh, that's what your loan sharks are into, and they'll arrest you uh, you know, quicker than you can turn around. Well, it seems to me that whatever criteria they're setting for a vigorish definition probably isn't 600%. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some states, God bless them, regulate it, like the 36% or something like that. Um, but some states are totally unregulated, and it can be just as... And they always argue, well, this is on an annual percentage rate. Uh-uh. Well, that's how you figure out interest. You figure out interest on an APR basis. That's how you compare right. apples to apples. Right. So, yes, you may have only borrowed the money for six months, but you do it on an annual percentage basis because that's how you figure out the interest rate. So um, and the course. facts are the facts. Of course. that That's, that's mind-boggling. We'll be talking to Donna in Oklahoma. She's going to want to know if whether a legitimate debt collector can garnish her social security check. We've got James in Chicago, a potential phone scam and more. And we have the guy who knows all, and that is Herb Weisbaum, the Consumer Man, consumerman.com. I'm Raleigh James, and it's WGN Radio. We are talking with Herb, the Consumer Man, Weisbaum, consumerman.com. And as I thought, Herb, this is going to elicit a lot of questions. So we'll get to Donna and Elizabeth and James. But before we do, there was one thing I saw on consumerman.com about moving scams. And boy, isn't this the time for it? Uh, I'm in radio, so I've moved to 32 different cities. But, you know, used, used to be back in the day, this will show you how, what a fossil. I am, the ICC got involved to the point that they were regulated to within an inch of their charter because earlier it was horrible. You'd move somewhere, they wouldn't offload your goods until you paid them extra money. It was like hijacking. Then came all these rules that for the consumer actually were quite wonderful. And then I discovered somewhere in the 90s they sort of went away again. What's up? Yeah, we're back to the Wild West again, oh. uh, and basically there is virtually no regulation uh, of these problems, and uh, what's happening is that people are searching for moving companies online, and a lot of uh, scammers are acting as brokers 
for moving companies. So you you Google online, you, you find who you think that you're dealing with. They set you up with somebody. In many cases, and um, this was pre-COVID, uh, these these uh, companies would not come to your house to do an estimate, and you always should have somebody come out to your place and, and give an estimate. Even in COVID times, uh, legitimate moving companies now will come out. They've got these camera things that they do where they stand outside and you take a tour or whatever, but yeah. over the phone without seeing stuff is unbelievable. And then what happens is a truck shows up and loads your stuff up on the truck. You think you're getting a really good price. You haven't checked them out. You didn't make sure that they were licensed and, and anything like that. And they load all your stuff in the truck, and then they tell you maybe at the front end that it's a whole lot more. The one guy I talked to, they, they extorted him for, I think, a 1000 or more dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if they don't do it then, then they get you on the back end. They show up and they say, hey, by the way, this was a lot heavier than we thought, or something came up and you owe us several thousand dollars more, and if you don't do that, we're going to hold your stuff hostage or throw it away or break it or whatever, and it's a horrible, horrible situation, and you're basically, it's extortion. I mean, you're stuck with, I need my stuff, I'm moving, um, I gotta, I'll pay it, and I'll try to deal with it later, as opposed to they're going to put it in some storage locker where I don't know where it is or destroy it or break it or who knows what's going to happen to it. It is a horrible, horrible situation. Well, it is, and even when they're semi-legit, if there's been three offloadings between where you are and where you you're going, the likelihood you'll see it all is nil. There's stuff disappears all the time, but the, what we were warning about was absolute clear from the get-go oh, scammers. Yeah. I mean, they are, they are set up just to absolutely steal your money, and some of them do it in cubic feet or cubic inches. You know, when you move, it's done in weight. They weigh the truck empty, they put your stuff on, they weigh the truck again. That's how they tell how much, and it's by weight. Um, and the other good thing is a lot of these people, uh, you know, will, will not guarantee a, 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 a move, and a legitimate company can, you can get a guaranteed estimate so you know exactly what you're going to pay. They right. don't make you pay in cash. They don't make you pay in advance. Um, the article lists a lot of checklist things there. It's on uh, consumerman.com. But, uh, yeah, these people are, it's horrible. Lots and lots of money is being lost this way. Sometimes they can argue, work with the BBB and get it back if they track the oh. company down. Sometimes it's lost forever, and, and who knows where it's going to go. Exactly, and it's a stressful time anyway, and especially now when people For are sure. moving. And uh, yep. no, no shortage of this. And, yes, binding estimates can be given by legitimate people and, and will be. Uh, there, yep. There's also deals. I know there's a company in Effingham, Illinois, Broadway Express, that I, I absolutely love because they bring the entire semi to your house, and it's up to you to get the lumpers to move the stuff on it. And so all you're paying for... <laughs> okay. it's, it's a great deal. You wind up yeah. paying like 25% of what you would with a full-service mover, and I've used them about six times. My problem is now that when I move, it's more than a semi-load. So... It's a lot of stuff. And so, you know, if you need two of them or whatever, you start getting into real deluxe bucks and to find a company that legitimately does it. I'm sure there are others as well. And they're usually not the people who are advertising heavily. You've kind of got to go find them. The two good to be true deals are. So, and they're advertised at the top of websites. These guys oh, pay money, so their, oh, yeah. their search engine results come up at the yeah. top of the website results, so you automatically go to them. And that's not yeah. the way you should get at least three estimates, at oh, least yeah. three estimates before you inv- give all your valued possessions to somebody you don't know, and they're going to take it across country or in another state or something. Absolutely. Donna in Oak Lawn, welcome to WGN Radio. Hi, Raleigh. Hi, Donna. I've, yeah, I'm uh, calling to find out uh, I'm, I'm a senior citizen, and I have a legitimate debt with a, a hospital, but um, I can't pay. Can they come after me and, and, and try and take the money out of my Social Security? 
So it's a complicated answer, but here's the answer. A debt collector can take, sometimes can take money out of your Social Security or VA benefits, but it's going to be a complicated process. They have to go to court. They have to sue you. They have to do that kind of thing, and then there are limitations on what they can do. If you're in this situation, what you need to do is deal with it. Two ways to do that. Either contact the hospital and, and say, or the doctor and say, I'm having a problem. Is there some way we can work this out? Do you have a payment plan? A lot of hospitals do that. A lot of hospitals will even not make you pay the full deal if you're willing to pay it. That happened to my member of my family. We, they work, she worked out a deal. She paid it out over, I think, nine or ten months, and it wasn't the full bill, so she was able to work it out. The other thing is you can't deal that, and for anyone listening, uh, because a lot of people are drowning in debt right now, go to a website called for the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, nfcc.org, National Foundation for Credit Counseling. This is a, a website for nonprofit credit counselors, not the guys who are going to make your debt go away overnight and we want a whole lot of money. This is a, a, these are nonprofits who are there to work for you, to give you individual solutions to your problems and try to help you solve your debt. I've actually interviewed people who have worked with these guys and were, had eighty dollars or $100,000 worth of credit card debt and within four years had paid it down and were about to buy a house. It really does work. It takes discipline. It takes a desire to do it. But they can suggest to you all the ways you can do it and deal with the things on, on your list. And the first consultation with a nonprofit is free. So you have nothing to lose. If you go to that website, there's a, a list or an 800 number, and they will find somebody in your area, and you'll be able to talk to them, make an appointment, or talk to them on the phone because of COVID and see if there's something you can do to work it out. Don't ignore it. Don't wait till somebody tries to sue you and, and garnish your wages. Deal with it up front now and, and get some help from one of these nonprofit credit counselors. Absolutely. Right. The one thing that I'll add to that, Donna, and Herb will correct me if I am wrong, is regardless of circumstance, no one is going to be able to put you in a position where you can't afford to live. So if you're thinking all I have is $800 from Social Security, they're going to take 600 I don't believe there's any court that would agree to that. Well, part no, of the problem I, is I'm not aware, but you're probably you. right, but yes. Yeah. When I talk with these people, I told them that that I have a spend-down for Medicaid, and I gave them the Medicaid number, and they refused to take it. The hospital? Well, work. Yeah. Well, the, the person who was representing the hospital, well, who was on the phone for, with me. Was that the hospital, or has it already gone to collection? I thought it was the hospital it was calling. All right. Well, you, I, I would start. I would do two things: go to the hospital, answer their billing office, and tell them you have a problem, and see if you can work something out with them. And if that doesn't work, do what I suggest and go to the NFCC and try to get a nonprofit credit counselor who can help you steer through this and put you in the right direction. Yeah. Doesn't every right. doesn't every hospital herb have somebody on staff that is that is their full job to try and negotiate this for patients? I mean, in this day and age, I have no idea, but yes, decent, good, big-sized hospitals do have an, a, a team of people like that, you know, in the billing office that work with that yeah. kind of thing, absolutely. Yeah, I, w I would call them, Donna. Something about this doesn't sound totally right. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. And Herb, you're so right. Uh, the idea that it's overwhelming, so I'll ignore it, never inures to anyone's benefit. Elizabeth yeah. in Riverside, welcome to WGN Radio. Thank you for taking my call, Raleigh. First of all, when my husband passed away seven years ago, I got rid of the uh, uh, computer. I have no computer. Everything with me has to be done by mail. If someone calls me on the, on the phone and they call me Grandma, I say, no, nobody calls me Grandma. <laughs> my grandchildren have a foreign term for me. Right. Uh, 
And uh, when I do answer the phone, and I have a caregiver occasionally during the week, I answer, uh, they ask, you know, they ask for me by name, and I say, I'm sorry, this is the caregiver, how can I help you? Bingo, they hang up. That's Nine great. times out of ten. That's right. great. That's perfect. Oh, I just love you, Elizabeth. God, that's great spunk. Keep it up. And you know what? If AT&T doesn't send me that phone book, I call them and I demand it. <laughs> well, one thing about phone books, they're a lot cheaper to mail these days. They don't weigh much anymore. And, or else you can go to the library. Well, there you know? is that. All right. Thanks, Elizabeth. Appreciate it. You're welcome. I like your By the way, one, one point about uh, the calls is if, it, if you get a robocall, and a lot of people oh. want to interact with it to think they'll make it go away. So no. it says, if you want to go on our do not call list, push oh, two. No, well, well, no. You're being called by somebody who's breaking the law to begin with, a scammer. Right. There is no do not call list that they have as number two. That tells them your phone is a working phone number, and you'll get even more robocalls. So don't return the call. Don't interact with them. If you do, you're going to just get more and more calls, and, and that's just a piece of advice that people need to remember. Oh, you're so right. And even those of us who, who love to think the telephone is a toy and want to have fun with them all day it's not worth it you wind up being on more lists than you more than there are people in nigeria i think james well every once in a while it is fun to play with them i got yeah. one was a live person yeah. and he claimed that uh, he was with microsoft and it spotted a virus in my computer right. and back then i was writing for msnbc.com the news website so i was a, an, an, yeah. a microsoft employee so to speak and um I said, you know, um, are you really calling from Microsoft? Yeah. I said, well, you know, because headquarters is eight miles from my house, and I work there. And quite frankly, if I have a problem and I call Microsoft, I can't even get them to answer the phone to customer service. Now you're calling people? <laughs> yeah. I said, you're a con artist, you son of a... And, and I hung, <laughs> may you rot in hell, and I hung up on him. <laughs> Good for you. All right, James in Chicago, welcome to WGN Radio. Hello, Raleigh. Okay, good show. I I got a good one. I okay okay. Yesterday I got like a, a on my answer service when I got home. It was like okay, one couldn't get through, but it was both were the same numbers. And the one that did get on the answering thing basically claimed about some seven hundred and something. I was like, if you did not make this bill, call us back at this particular number. It was like a three hundred one aerial code or something like that. I, I said, that sounds like a scam. Don't call back some number. Don't call numbers you don't know. Right. If, they, if they explain what to call, there's a reason. If you know, if it's your dry cleaner, your doctor, or somebody, okay. But unknown numbers are leaving a message. I wouldn't call them back. Again, you, if it's a con artist, you're going to wind up getting on that, uh, hey, let's call them more often list. And worse than that, if you don't recognize the area code, it might be a foreign area code that is charging you a fortune to call them, even though you're placing the call. And the United States government usually will not intervene to help you uh yeah i can recall on the, on this android about a two i told you about the two calls and i, tra- I traced it back to the chinese consulate in <laughs> houston yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right oh that was that was fun yeah good deal they claimed that they claimed to be scammed i'm like thinking 
Yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Okay. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. You have a good show. Thanks. God bless. Appreciate it. Well, you know, you got to give them credit for being inventive. The Chinese consulate ah. in Houston? Oh, sure. That, right. That must be conveniently located downtown. 888-766-5593 is 8888 Raleigh. Herb Weisbaum is the consumer man. Check it out. Got any questions? He's got answers. I'm Raleigh James. It's WGN Radio.